Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you're eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at this idea of how to appeal to unbelievers. We've been walking through Acts chapter 17, and we've been examining Paul's response there to what I would refer to as the smorgasbord or the diverse group of people that he experienced there, from atheists, agnostics, all the way to believers. And he had this great opportunity to share the gospel with them, and we see how he began all the way back to creation. He began to appeal to creation, uh, telling them, you're worshiping this unknown God, but I'm going to declare God to you. And he goes, God that made all things, and reveals to them that God is the creator. This was contrary to their thinking. But we understand Paul knew his audience, and he knew he needed to go back to creation to reveal to them that God exists, because if they didn't know uh, the truth of God's existence, they would see no accountability to God. Therefore, they would see no reason to believe on or the need for Jesus Christ the gift of eternal life. It would just seem irrelevant to them. And so he backed all the way up to creation. And then we saw last week, we looked at how he appealed to their conscience and how these two things, the creation and conscience, are our two best friends. They are two allies, if you will, because every single person sees creation. They experience it. We referred to creation as being uh, the greatest revelation of God to mankind because it speaks as Psalm 19 says, it cries out through all the spoken languages that God exists. Every single person born has a conscience. It takes more effort to deny God's existence than it does to accept it. Why? Because you have to dismiss creation and you also have to silence or go against what your conscience says every single day. So we come to today's episode as we continue walking through uh, Paul's uh response there to this group of people, and we see he appeals to their critics. I'm going to read just a few verses to bring us back to the context here as Paul is responding to them. He says in verse 23 of Acts 17, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might fill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Verse 28, this is our verse for this episode, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. And so Paul appeals to their critics. What do I I mean by that? Paul finds common ground with their culture. He quotes people that these Epicureans, these Stoics, these atheists and agnostics, these skeptics would know who he's referring to. And he says, look, these are the people you're following after. These are the people that you are giving credit to and saying they have knowledge and wisdom. This is what they have said. 
for in him we live and move and have our being, for we are also his offspring. And so Paul tries to take them from the known, what they do know, and carry them over to the unknown. So Paul took common ground with the culture as a springboard into the gospel. And this can be very beneficial. This can be very helpful because one, you identify with something that they understand or someone they know, and you take them from that point and you challenge them or challenge their thinking of why would this person say that? This person that maybe uh, you're following behind or has a, a viewpoint similar to yours, but they see this, they're, they're saying this. Um, let me give you a just a one uh, an example of this that would be today. So we understand there are uh, people who are agnostic. They say, I'm not sure if there's a God, there may be a God, whatever the case may be. Well, there is a NASA scientist named Robert Jastro, and a very prominent scientist. He has passed away at this point, but he was a founder and director for 20 years of NASA's uh, Goddard Institute for Space uh, Studies, and he was uh, an, he's an agnostic unbeliever, and he's a prolific author. And he had two quotes that are very powerful, that are an example of what Paul is doing. Now, you can use these quotes to make people think, uh, help them to see they need to uh, give an answer, really, for, for what's being said. So here is what he says. He says, astronomers now find they have painted themselves into a corner because they have proven by their own methods, that the world began abruptly in an act of creation to which you, could, you can trace the seeds of every star, every planet, every living thing in this cosmos and on the earth. And they have found that all this happened as a product of forces they cannot hope to discover. That there are what I or anyone would call supernatural forces at work is now, I think, a scientifically proven fact. So what is he referring to here? If you remember back in our episode about creation, we said that at one point, science believed that the universe was eternal. Well, through natural law, scientific discovery, they now unanimously agree that this universe came into being uh, at one point in time. They would refer to it as the Big Bang. So this is what he's referring to. And he says, through all your scientific discoveries, through these natural laws, you have point, you have uh, found to be true, and you are saying that, yes, it comes into being at one particular time. And what he's saying is nothing cannot create everything. He's saying, look, I'm an agnostic unbeliever, but I'm understanding science, and if we follow consistently science all the way through, we understand there has to be something supernatural at work. And he says, not only that, this supernatural forces at work are a scientifically proven fact. Let me go on and give you one more quote. They will make some comments here. He says this, At this moment, it seems as though science will never be able to raise the curtain on the mystery of creation. For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the story ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountain of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak. As he pulls himself over the final rock, he's greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. And so we see this gentleman who is very knowledgeable. Uh, he has uh, influence within the scientific community. He is, refers to himself as an agnostic and unbeliever. 
But these are what he sees. This is what he was willing to write. And he received a lot of a backlash for this. But he says, if you're going to be consistent, you're going to be consistent with your ideologies, with what you believe, then this is where it leads. And so this is an example of what Paul was doing. You take someone who is not a believer and you say, look, this is what they have said. If they say this, what do you think? Where do we go from here? And you're using their example, their words as a basis to point forward, to take somebody from the known to the unknown. Remember, we're appealing to unbelievers, and this is just one tool in the toolbox. Now, I have to ask myself, though, why would someone who made this observation and connected the dots remain an agnostic unbeliever? Surely someone like this with the intelligence and what he is seeing seeing would quickly call out to Jesus Christ for salvation, right? Sometimes that's the case, but then sometimes it's not. Can I say to you, and we don't know, let let me reference this, that we don't know that he did not have a deathbed conversion. When I say that, where somebody becomes to the point of death and maybe they've heard the gospel and they respond at that point, we have no idea. But we do know by what he left and the words that he died from what we understand, an agnostic unbeliever. And there are people who just do not want God. It's hard to believe, but there are people who do not want God in their life. If God walked up to them in a room and introduced himself, they would argue away who he was. They would find some way to argue that this is a different person, that they are not who they are saying they are. They would, they would claim they needed more evidence, but the more evidence that was showed, you could pull out a license, you could pull out the birth certificate, you could pull out the social security card, and they would say, no, no, no. That's, they would find something wrong with each one of them. And so let me say this, as you are trying to appeal and talk to unbelievers, as we're trying to be a strong witness for Jesus Christ, we're trying to take our next step in being a a better witness and just really trying to get the gospel out. If they will not listen to God, why would they listen to you? So don't put so much weight on yourself. What What do I mean? If they don't listen to God through creation, and they're not listening to God through their conscience, and for some reason they don't respond to you in a positive fashion or accept Christ, don't bear the weight. Pray for them. Yes, there's a burden there for their soul, but don't bear the weight of you having to convince them. And because they were not convinced and you are, uh, you're not adequate, you're not equipped, you're, you're not doing it correctly, you're not good at this, that's not the case at all. Because you have to remember to back up all the way to creation, the constant conscience. And if they're not listening to that, why on earth should they listen to me? I mean, if they're not listening to the God creator of this universe who's crying out to them through creation and through their conscience, I mean, I'm just a, a small voice, though we are a messenger. So as application, we would say this, educate yourself with those you're trying to reach and try to find ways that you can identify with your audience and take time to learn about them. There are uh, many quotes similar to this that you can use and utilize. And, you know, if somebody's into art, if somebody's into music, if somebody's into history, you can find certain people and certain quotes and certain things that you can use as a springboard into the gospel and use that as you appeal to unbelievers. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest studies. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.